And you're listening. And you're listening. You're listening to Salmon Salmon. 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 To Salmon Fest Radio. Hello, Salmon Fest Radio listeners. This is an exciting day at the Salmon Fest Radio Studios, aka Dave Applin's office in the Cook and Lick Keeper building. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are recording our final episode of season one of Salmon Fest Radio. We have so enjoyed this journey with you. And we're excited about uh, wrapping up our first 13 episodes and looking forward to making more stories. We're also looking forward to Salmon Fest 2021, which is going to be held up at Nanilchik at the state fairgrounds that first full week and in uh, August, is it August 6th, 7th, and 8th? That's right, Dave. August 6th, 7th, and 8th. So excited to come together again as a salmon-loving and music-loving community. Here in Homer, Alaska, we are on traditional and unceded Denina land, and we get to share, too, the Supiak culture, which is just across the shores of Kachemak Bay. And we'd like to recognize and honor these people for their stewardship and traditional understanding of being in relationship to this land and helping us carry that forward into the future. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us through this first series. As Satchel says, this is our last episode for now, but we've had a remarkable run uh, learning a whole bunch along the way, not only the technical skills, but the uh, salmon issues. We've had a chance to meet people and bring them into uh, your living room, I hope. And we're going to continue that today with this episode that's going to feature a favorite band at Salmon Fest and some uh, remarkable Alaskans from Southeast. This is the Ratfish Wrangler under the leadership of the fellow that is known as the codfather of Salmon Fest, and uh, uh, a friend who's been involved with the project since its beginning, Ray Troll. Ray's done much of the art that festoons the beautiful Nanilchik Fairgrounds now and makes Salmon Fest such a special event, uh, which is going to happen in about a month. If you want to find out more about how you can participate, volunteer, or just attend at Salmon Fest, Go to salmonfestalaska.org and sign up to volunteer or buy a ticket. We're going to uh, run the show a little bit differently today because our salmon champion overlaps with their band champion. So we'll, we'll do a long-form interview with the Ratfish Wranglers who gathered backstage at Salmon Fest 2019 and shared uh, their insights about the state, their love for salmon, and their commitment to uh, protecting what I think we all think is an important value we share here in Alaska. I'm super excited to dig into this Ratfish Wrangler interview. They touched on so many important Alaskan issues. And one thing they did bring up a lot was the idea that Alaska has these huge tracts of intact wilderness. And we wanted to recognize before we dive in that the term wilderness has historically been used by the environmental movement to separate people and wild places. And our vision, which I believe is held by many Alaskans, includes people interacting in reciprocal relationship to wild places as they have done for time in memoriam. And Satchel, that sounds like a wonderful topic to explore more deeply in a future episode of Salmon Fest Radio because it deserves the time to hear from different voices and get different perspectives. And it's pretty important now as we look at a future that's more crowded 
and warmer? And how are we going to work together to live in that relationship um, moving forward? Before we get into this interview, let's just take a music break to hear the Ratfish Wranglers as they present themselves to Salmon Fest 2019. I'm Ray Troll, and these are the ratfish wranglers all around me, and uh, they should introduce themselves. They can all kind of lean in here, but Russell's to my left, Russell Wodehouse, and how do you describe our music? Um, subaquatic, it's right there. It's right on the shirt. Neo-folk, fishy <laughs> punk, punk rock for the masses. Love it. That's Russell. Nerds. 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 Kind of like the B-52s of Alaska. Kind of, yeah. Who are you? I am Shauna Lee, and uh, 
You are? Chaz Gist. Chaz Gist. And you we, are? We got our drummer. Patrick Troll. Woohoo! Spawn of Ray. <laughs> Spawn of Ray. I had to grow a drummer, and we're missing our guitarist. <laughs> had to grow a drummer. Guitarist Brian They're Curtis. They're hard to get. Drummers are always crazy. <laughs> a couple other members have wandered off. They're already in the green room basking in the afterglow. Basking in the glory but, uh, that is Salmon Fest. Yeah, Brian yeah. Curtis on guitar and Jumpin' Joe Baxter on fiddle. But we're a Ketchikan bass band. We've been down. I've known uh, these two on either side of me. Uh, for 35 years, and uh, that Patrick, guy right over the drummer for 29 years. Yeah, yeah. Actually, most of his life, all of his life. And uh, Chaz Gist uh, is a K Town, born and raised. Born and raised. And uh, as is Patrick, and uh, you guys went to high school there. Well, I I moved there in the 70s, so I've oh, gone wow. to most okay. of my right. schooling there. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. So we're from Southeast. We have uh, it's the other part of the state. It's the Alexander Archipelago. We sang a really cool song about that earlier today um, but uh, salmon are absolutely vital in our lives down there they're a big driving force in our economy and uh, I think if anyone here I think most of us have actually worked at one time or another actually I have you have too huh? I did too. haven't you I worked in yeah. a cannery on yeah, the slime so, line and, and so we've we've all been employed by fish and uh, yeah we all have so uh, yeah, we know that they're absolutely important to uh, our entire ecosystem, and that ecosystem is um, humans too, and the economy that it's uh, it's built up. And uh, the only way to keep it all going is keeping it sustainable, keeping the harvest sustainable, and uh, lessening threats to salmon wherever they may be, be it uh, habitat degradation, logging, mining. All those things that affect, that yeah. affect our fishies, our fishy friends. So as a band that is, you know, really uh, born and bred Alaska, what do you all love about this state? Everything, pretty much. Everything. Um, well, it's just, it's so big, it's so diverse, you know. Ketchikan is also has a big tourism industry, and uh, we get a lot of Texans through there, and I always like to remind them of their place because it's like, we could cut Alaska in half and you'd be the third largest state. So just... <laughs> cool. Calm down. Yeah, cool your Calm down, there. Texas. Well, Texas is so big. <laughs> huh. Whatever. Anyway, but there's that and it's so big and so diverse, yet it has one of the smaller populations. It's probably one of the smallest populations it is, of, of, of every state. Wyoming is behind Wyoming is less than us. Is Wyoming in the states? There's still much more. <laughs> no, one of those lower 48. <laughs> lower. <laughs> Part of Canada, I think. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and of course the beauty of it, uh, the beauty of the state, and um, for us, one of the things I love about Southeast is that you are on an island, and, and regardless of your political views or whatever, you learn that you have to work together to get along and that really, um, you know, salmon are a huge part of our lives and it doesn't matter where you're from or your affiliations with whatever, that you have to work together and, and be supportive of those things and make sure that um, for all Alaska to be able to thrive and survive. One thing about Alaska is that we still have vast tracts, we have vast tracts of untouched wilderness. And I think we Alaskans, I would hope that most Alaskans, we hope more Alaskans, really see the value in intact wilderness as it is, you know, having uh, tourism that is actually not going to affect uh, the wild 
the wild places, having development that is not going to affect the wild places. We are the last place in the United States with intact wilderness. And the other thing that's, I mean, there's many things cool about Alaska, you know, just the scenery and the wilderness, but also the native cultures are still very much alive and very much uh, active and influence us all. And uh, as Russell was saying too, we've all learned to get along in the state and, uh, but there's not without conflict, there's stuff that comes up and there's things that we absolutely have to stand for. And you gotta draw the line somewhere. Some of these projects that just don't make any sense. I think we know what the one, the one main one we're talking about, but we've been fighting the fight, I mean, Long forever. Yeah. The timber wars were raging in the 90s and uh, vast industrial scale logging was threatening the Tongass and devastating big areas of the Tongass. And we thought we had that one wrapped up. No, no, whenever you cannot rest. And we thought the pebble mine was taken care of, and it's back. And as long as there's so many darn humans on the planet, we love our brothers and sisters, but there's quite a few of us, and we're having a hell of an impact. And we're the first generation to really realize the impact that we've had on the planet. So, Chaz, I don't know. I don't want to. Anything you want to add about Alaska? I don't want to. That you love? You're born and raised here, man. Yeah. Um, I pretty much stayed in Ketchikan my entire life. I haven't had uh, too much uh, lower 48 experience. What I've had, I haven't been impressed. I don't want to last flying over and just seeing everything's built in squares yeah. and seeing the lines and lights everywhere. And when I fly between Juneau and uh, Anchorage, for instance, and there's that huge track of nothing, uh, that's a whole area gorgeous that's just not wilderness. for us. And it's gorgeous and it's uh, just untouched and beautiful. And uh, I hope. I just hope Alaska can come together in this weird time to just get through this rut, whatever this is. I've signed my uh, I've signed my due diligence here at Salmon Fest. So sign those petitions. That is the youth of America, there, folks. So. so, what do you think people can do to help protect the Alaska that we all love? Another vote. <laughs> uh, vote. Vote and vote and and, and realize again that we're all in this together and it's like um you know sway people talk to your neighbors talk to your neighbors talk to your friends talk to your family edu educate is huge you know actually i think education and, and really you know i i'd like to think that well i know for a fact that we are a totally unique band in that a lot of you know and there's been a lot of really cool activist songs and stuff but we're like doing weird geeky science songs but also just songs about loving salmon and uh, but we like to you know spread knowledge because I think knowledge is truly power it really is and we play in schools too and we sing songs silly songs but they're not silly songs about dinosaurs and trilobites and and lump suckers and uh, ratfish and all these underappreciated animals but also songs about uh, the ages of rock and we're really all about education we are an educational band you know we sing a song about rockfish recompression Actually, if you listen to our, our big dance hit, Shake That Halibut, you know, Chaz started the bass groove on that. Shauna came up with the phrase. We started jamming on lyrics, Russ and I, and uh, next thing you know, we had this great song. But if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's actually, yeah, Shake That Halibut, we, but we also, like, in there, it's, you know, 
Uh, how's it go? Just, just be cool let about the Dalai Lama. If she's a mama, you know, fertile ladies. Gotta get let so, the big ones go so, so they can have more little babies. So halibut. It's, it's all about releasing giant halibut. What's the point of catching giant halibut if they're, you know, this. Just for a trophy. Yeah. The meat isn't that good. Yeah, the meat on the larger yeah. fish is yeah. not that great. So. And uh, we wrote a government sponsored song to help save rockfish. And every time we play that song, I think we actually save a hundred year old fish's life, you know? That's, People are aware of it. That's so. awesome. And we make it fun. Let's take a break and listen to that song about rockfish recompression, a heroic song dedicated to saving fish everywhere. Is that what the is that what the song's about? Or it's it's about preserving our elders in the fish community. Yes, it's elder preservation by preventing barotrauma, that pressure change that turns the uh, swim bladder in a rockfish into a flotation device that doesn't allow them to go back down so what here's the yeah it's super cool listen to the words it's about preventing the trauma from that pressure change as you bring up a fish from a deep depth uh the barometric trauma of that expanding gas bubbles filling the air bladder so it pushes out their mouth and then they can't get back down because their air bladder is full. So this nifty device that they sing about is to drag that fish back down to repressurize the fish at the de- to the depth that was caught and then release the fish. It's pretty cool. So it's just like it's just like when you're diving, you have to be really conscious of how fast you're moving up and down that water column. And yeah, I of course that happens to fish too. I would never think that, but of course, it makes so much sense. Fish with air bladders. Hello, Salmon Fest! This next song is all about rockfish. And the right thing that you should do when you catch a rockfish that needs to be recompressed. Do the right thing. This song teaches you what to do with the rockfish when you get it back down. You gotta put it back down to the deep. Russ and I wrote this song. Yo, listen up and hear my proposition When you're headed for some fun in the sun And do some fishing Can't protect the species or you'll meet your rockfish quota Always be prepared if you land them in your boat Angler party boat and it's starting to rock Genus is a batches and we like it quite a lot It means magnificent in the language of the Greeks Some cool fish of to be a geese Yellow wiper made and canary out of you Get to know your rockfish and what you should do Have a rig and a plan How to get them to the bottom Have a heart to your part Send them down the way you caught them Like a rock, like a rock Drop them back down to the bottom Send them back to the back Send them back to where you caught them Let it roll, let it roll But they fade in their dissension Drop the barrel, trauma, trauma, rockfish, recompression, like a rock, like a rock. Drop them back down to the bottom, send them back to the back. Send them back to where you caught them, let it roll, let it roll. They're fading their descension. Drop the barrel, trauma, trauma, rockfish, hey, recompression. Hey. Coming from the deep, their gas bladder expands. Got the stomach in the mouth, now the time is at hand. Exothermia abounds, and their eyes are bugging too. But don't you go and poke them, cause that's just cool. Pop into a milk crate, don't be a fool. Commercial business and the oral recompression tool. Got so many ways now to get the job done. It's really not a hassle. It can even be fun. Gotta be quick, man. That ain't no time. Time is in the essence for the fish to survive. Rockin' paper scissors and 
will sink or swim like a rock, like a rock. Drop them back into the bottom, send them back to the bottom. Send them back to where you kind of let it roll, let it roll. They fade in innocent. Drop them down, drop a drop a rock, the sweet depression like a rock, like a rock. Drop them back down to the bottom, send them back to the bottom. Send them back to where you kind of let it roll, let it roll. They fade in innocent. Drop them down, drop a drop a rock, the sweet depression. When you're headed for some fun in the sun and do some fishing, catch protected species or you meet your rockfish quota. Always be prepared if you land them in your boat. Ain't the party for and it's starting to rock. Genus is a besties and we like it quite a lot. It means magnificent in language of the Greeks. Some cool fish and fluvia for Ethiopians. Yeah, I want a man in a canary or a few. Get to know your rockfish and what you should do. Have a ring and a plan. Have a heart to your pond. Send them down your way, like a rock, like a rock. Drop them back down to the bottom. Send them back to the bottom. Send them back to where you cut them. Let it roll, let it roll. They feed them at a stick. Drop a barrel, drop a drop a rock. Just make a pressure like a rock, like a rock. Drop them back down to the bottom. Send them back to the bottom. Send them back to where you cut them. Let it roll, let it roll. They feed them at a stick. Drop a barrel, drop a drop a rock. Just make a pressure like a rock. You all like obviously incorporate the issues that you care about into your music. How how does that work for you all? Inspiration uh, comes from uh, a lot of different places. <laughs> we know. Um, I, we always like a challenge. Sometimes it's a dare. Yeah. Sometimes it is a dare. I dare you to write a song about bufflehead ducks. You know. And he like did. Uh, he did. He wrote a song about <laughs> bufflehead ducks. But actually, I'd like to toss it over to the younger generation. My son is sitting sit, standing right over there, and one of the very first songs that I remember that my son, my son wrote on his own. He's got his own band, and he plays drums in our band. Uh, and I had one of those intensely proud dad moments. You know the song I'm talking about? Probably the No Pebble Mind song. Uh, no No Pebble Mind song. <laughs> one of the very first songs you wrote, you were in high school, right? Yeah, I was in high school, and I was trying to impress girls. And uh, <laughs> Well, that never changed. I was like, no Iraq war, you know, No Pebble Mind. I was just trying to be hip on that stuff. But I, I really did care about it, and it just it just... To me, it just seems mind-boggling that the Pebble Mine is even something that is considered. Um, and kind of going back to what they were talking like, what can we do? Uh, I think, like, represent the message. I wear a no Pebble Mine pin. I live in Seattle, and people are always like, what's the Pebble Mine? And I'm like, well, I give a little spiel. And I don't know, most of the time they're just like, cool, and then they move on. But just getting people aware, like, represent the message. And... I also think it's fun to like maybe write a song and then just subliminally throw in stuff. Like, uh, I guess it's something that I do when I play some of my songs live. I'll just change the words to be relevant for the moment. Like, Dunleavy, won't you leave us alone? Stuff like that. Um, but I just think represent the message and don't be afraid to have your voice heard. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram. It's, you know, it's the same old stuff that people are like, wow, uh, Patrick's posting about the Pebble Mine again, but it just, it, they see it and it's subliminally getting through to them. Yeah. Trying to talk to people outside of your little social bubble that we're all in and uh, trying to find other perspectives and meet in the middle with people who are also in their little bubbles and don't necessarily understand your perspective. And that's, that's what the state's going through right now. And I also think that there's that people don't always realize like they'll share a common view, but unless you voice it, they don't realize that they have it. You know, they're like, "Am I the only one that has this view?" And then they don't realize that there's power in numbers. And the more that you can congregate and get those people together to affect change, um, it, it's not going to happen. So I think it's really important that you you express your views and let people know so that other people go, "Yeah, I feel that way too, man." And and then you can. You, you can create that commonality and get people together and and then you like I said there's power in the numbers and you're able to affect change and hopefully change votes and change minds and and that's what we're hoping to do I think that was a really great answer so um we practiced oh did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you no we can keep going over here. Wait, oh you got that oh, okay. um, so uh, is this your first year at Salmon Fest? <laughs> Hell, I invented it. It's mine. It's it sure. is her. Actually, it is. I overheard you say that. So it's it is her first. I, would, yeah. I was and surprised mine. to hear that. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and Patrick's heard about all these years. Well, and, I, I work in tourism, and uh, so my busy time of the year is uh, in the middle of summer, so I never take a day off, and I never leave town. And this year, Ray threatened to make this his last trip to Salmon Fest, and I just felt like, well, i got to do it one time, so... Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> she did. Better she not brought be your last trip to Salmon Fest. <laughs> no, we're excited. We're, hopefully, we're coming, hoping to come back next year for the 10th anniversary and all the big changes. We would love to be a part of that. But Ray's been a part of it from the from the beginning when it was when it used to be Salmon Stock and the evolution that's happened, even within Salmon Stock and Salmon Fest. Um, it's it's interesting and it's cool and it's it's just but it's always. It always comes back to the salmon and, and what we can do to protect and help them. Well, the band will be back, and, you know, I'll keep my hand in it, but I've also been painting the grounds and things a lot and always doing the T-shirts and all that. I want to just step back a little bit, yeah. but I it's so much fun with the band. You know, uh, I want to keep doing that, and I want to keep coming. It's not like I'm ever going to come. I'm going to be out there in the audience. Well, all this of is... us are also in other bands, too. So. Yeah, and they're going to drop me like a hurricane. But, you know, I'm an old man, and it's good to get to hand it off to the youth, you know? These Even guys I'm, are... I'm young, and I was here a week early helping build the mural and stuff, and it's tiring. It's a lot of work. The festival yeah. started, and I was like, God, I've been here for five oh. days already. <laughs> I know. We're so ready for is, a nap. This is actually this is day nine. Yeah. Uh, actually, ten. This is day ten for yeah. us. Um, Need a shower. We did a lot of work <laughs> here, but uh, I can say without uh, uh, a shred of doubt at all that this is Alaska's coolest festival, funnest festival. This is a this is Probably a festival. Most important. Most important festival. Uh, it is not government sponsored. It, it was kind of homegrown, but it is has a very distinctly Alaskan flavor. And Patrick, you've been to a lot of festivals down south. Been this is tons, different. Yeah. This is tons different. Of festivals down south, and this is probably one of the the best vibes and just best energy I've ever experienced at a festival. Just everyone that's working here, 
uh, all that goes into it, all the people behind the scenes. The volunteers. Yeah, it's just, it's so magical and uh, I really suggest coming. I mean, I've been to so many festivals down <laughs> south. You know, 20 you know, plus, I, and this is the one of the best ones yeah. I've ever been to. I think this, this is a festival with a cause, you know? It's not just about the rock and roll. It's not like a Coachella or, or I don't know, the others are, you know, Sasquatch, Sasquatch. was. But uh, this, is, this is a festival with a cause, but it's not so strident that it is in your face. Like, you ain't going to have any fun here. It's a celebration of salmon. But also, everyone realizes what's at stake here, you know? We could lose a lot. And we mean to protect it. We could lose the wilderness. We could. We know this is the last place on the planet like this. You know, most of America was once wilderness, and it's not anymore. It's paved. It's farmed. It's you know, it's got parking Bunch lots of squares everywhere, and lines. squares and lines. And really, it's been a delight. I mean, uh, uh, Chaz is Ketchikan born and raised, and he went to school in Fairbanks. But when we would travel to some of the big cities. You'd never been to Seattle. I'd never before. been to Seattle. Yeah. So until, we, uh, we brought him in the band. Years ago, so. Yeah, we brought him with the band to Seattle. Right there. So it was really cool to <laughs> see impressed. him see that. <laughs> he wasn't impressed. But she want coffee. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I think we're the most quotable band, too. I know. Yeah, I will stop. Y'all are answering all the questions that I have for you without me even asking them. So that's incredible. Um, but um, you, so you've been involved since day one at Salmon, yeah. Salmon Fest. So it'd be great to hear from you, like what Grandpa. you think, <laughs> how you think this is Salmon Fest has changed, and maybe how you're excited about the future of Salmon Fest. Well, when we first started Salmon Stock all those years ago, uh, and there was a committee of us kicking this thing around, and this idea of fighting uh, the pebble mine with rock and roll, and wanting to have a giant festival and dreaming of people like Neil Young and I don't know, we just get some big U2, we were dreaming big about where to put it uh, but just all the tension and the f- kind of, you know, finding a place and starting a festival, I mean the fairgrounds, this looked kind of pretty rough, kind of funky I refused to come it was nice. We can't can't totally diss it because it's a beautiful spot. In the, no, in the it's planet, great but it's now, kind of, but it's a lot of older buildings. When it's empty. And we didn't know who'd come, if anyone would come. You know, I mean, we didn't know. Nobody. Well, then, then along came Jim Stearns, who had done festivals down south, and Jim knew how to do it and get bands and and uh, so it was really a group uh, that coalesced and uh, so the characters have changed here and there, but. I feel a lot more relaxed coming now because I know it works. You know, the first couple of years, it like, will there be enough people? And now I think the band lineups are thoroughly vetted and thought about. And I think we had the biggest day ever yesterday, maybe. 8,000 people were right over here, right over there. But um, And it's volunteer-driven. Uh, I think there's like three full-time employees year-round. That's it. And everything else is pretty much volunteer. And then it actually as it gears up, people get hired to do things. But everything, the things are worked out. So the green room stuff, the volunteer security stuff. And now I'm excited for the future of Salmon Fest, just as I'm stepping back in theory. We'll see. But now it's just tripled in size with the back 40 acres now being purchased. But the vision of that is so cool. And it's really why I'm excited that Patrick's here. Uh, and Patrick and Chaz are in the same generation. Like that's your salmon fest over there, up the hill. Yeah. You know, 
Also, so just keep, take what we started and keep on building on it, kids. Thanks, Grandpa. And stay off my lawn. You kids. But I also think, too, <laughs> that it's growing. Like, when you talk to um, some of the major bands that come through, you know, you bring people up from California or they're coming out from Atlanta or they're coming out from wherever. And I think they all go back talking about the vibe that's in Alaska. Yeah. And they all are like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I've never been to Alaska before. And it's just... It's so cool, and the people are so... And that's the other thing, I think, is that Alaska's always been down to earth. You know, like in the tourism industry in Ketchikan, and, you know, you get people, actors and actresses coming through, people coming up on their yachts, and we're like, we don't give a rat who you are. Just, you know, here's some salmon if you want some, or, you know, we're neighborly. And <laughs> Watch so, out for that bear! Yeah, so, <laughs> so they get to be who they are and not feel like that pressure, you know, and, um, and I think that's cool, and I think that they appreciate that. And that they just love the energy and the vibe that we have at this place, and they're, um, uh, and I, I just think it translates, and I think word gets out, and it's like every year we get more and different people and stuff, and bands from all over, and it just keeps getting bigger and better, and I just, and you know, and that's where we need to go because the more attention that we can bring to it, the more energy that we can get behind it, um, I, I think it, it's just a win-win for everybody, and the more we can get the word out, um, the better. So. Let's cast our attention. Do you see what I did I there? I see what you did there. Uh-huh. To uh, some live recorded music by the Ratfish Wranglers. This is Salmon Fest, after all. I love this bass line. Or should I say bass line? I don't know. Bass line. Scooping up that liquid paint, Peter's burnt. 
Seven salmon on my list. We love them all. Now make your fist. Chat them straight to the pearly gates. Ain't nothing wrong to deaden your fate. Hot McGandy, Mammoth, too. They, they all, all did, did the, the hoochie. Come from Frederick Sound. Parents straight. All they do is take my bait. All day long, all I want to do is spawn and spawn and spawn and spawn. You catch what? Salmon! That's what we love for you. Catch what? to the interview. Well, my last question for you all is a big one. Oh my. I thought what? we did all those. I'm what? a Libra that likes long walks on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what gives you hope? My kids. Yeah. Our, I think our, for me it's our youth. Uh, my kids being raised here, I've watched Ray, um, raise Karina and Patrick here. 
and just the amount of activism that they have, the amount of awareness that they have. Um, like my son was just an exchange student. He went to South Africa for a year. And I think the thing that I loved is he didn't take the American flag, he took the Alaska flag with him. And it was just, um, because it means something different to people. You know, it's yeah. just with all the shiz that's going on in the nation and stuff like that, and, and, the, and the feelings that people have and associate with Americans, um, the fact that the world views Alaska differently than America, that we're a different breed, that we're a different thing, uh, really means a lot. And having our kids and raising them here, which is one of the coolest places on earth, I think. You know, we've had two mass shootings in 15 hours, you know. And it's just like, what the hell is going on down there? And the fact that our, that our kids are aware um, uh, socially, that they're aware politically, um, I think those are the things that give me, that give me hope. Um, both of my daughters were born and raised in Alaska. And I, I'm super proud of both of them. They've, you know, they represent who we are as a family well, and they believe in, uh, you know, protecting Alaska. Because I think when you are raised here, you understand how vital the wilderness is and how vital a fisherman is and how vital logging, you know, all that stuff. Everybody that works together to make this an amazing state. and. When they've gone out, uh, both of them have spent time in New Zealand and, and been able to travel a lot. And I, I think it's given them such a great perspective on how lucky we are to live in Alaska. And we've gone, you know, very lucky to travel quite a bit. And everywhere we've gone, we end up having the conversation, it's not as pretty as Alaska. You know, it's, and the people are so genuine and kind, really, and, and you know that if you need help, your neighbor's going to help you here. And, uh, they, and they both lived down south, and they didn't have that feeling, which is what made them come running, running back to Alaska. Because you feel like you're amongst your family no matter where you are when Absol you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've lived on the East Coast for a while, and it was one of those things where, like, I lived in Jersey, and you'd go into New York, and people do not make eye contact. They don't yeah. talk to each other. We say other. hello. Yeah, and you're walking down the street anywhere here, and it's like you say hello, or somebody's like, oh, hey, I heard you talking about this. I've got a bicycle pump if you need to borrow exactly. it. Or I've got, they just, people, it's about community, and I, th and I feel like everybody in Alaska really knows that and owns it and, and um, personifies that, and they like knowing, yeah, it's just... Um, We're here to help each other. And that's what we need to continue to do, and... Again, that's, I think it's all those things that give us hope and feel like um, together we can affect that change and hopefully we can be an example of how the rest of the world can even, should be or need to be or, because the, the world is not, it seems like a big place, Alaska is a big place, but that's the thing is it's, it's pretty tiny really. It's pretty, it's the tiny when you consider, yeah, exactly. And so we're in Alaska we're like one big family and we just need to spread that to the rest of the world as well and let them know and make them feel the same way. I think if there's one state that is has the capability of coming together to fight something like the Pebble Mine, it's this state and we can be an example for the rest of the United States that we don't have to just lay down and take it. We we can come together and fight and win and we need to. So I got a couple of thoughts. I think it's pretty telling that when we travel abroad, and it, 
just like you said, I, I, I say I'm from Alaska. Yeah, me too. I don't say I'm from America or the U.S. I always say Alaska. I'm not ready for that and, fight. And uh, <laughs> traveled all through Australia last year. It's like, no, I'm from Alaska. Alaska. Oh, then that starts the conversation. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that gives me hope, you know, of course, the youth, and it's just really wonderful seeing uh, this. I, I think music is a powerful messenger you know it, it, you can literally sing in the lyrics but the vibe the celebration of it and uh, to see the younger generation just uh, building on rock and roll and getting out there and music is just such a it's it's hard to describe clinically what goes on but it transfers not just not just a good feeling but knowledge and power but but I think one of the things that really gives me hope, Besides the next generation coming up, uh, you know, to bring it back around to the theme of the fish, is every year we Alaskans and those of us who've been raised here or lived here for more than half their lives, I've been here 36 years, I know that every year I'm just waiting on the salmon when they come back. And every year, you know, I don't fish for a living, but I kind of fish for a living. I do these t-shirts that are based on fish and the gallery right above a salmon stream. And I hang, and a lot of my customers and everybody, I'm inspired by the fishing industry and sports fishermen and commercial fishermen. I kind of represent, in a way, in a big way. It's been my life and my career. But every year, I, I worry, like all Alaskans, what's the run going to be like this year? What's going to be? What's Bristol Bay doing? What's, you know, what's Southeast Alaska doing? And you always get it anecdotally for people, you know, like, how's it going out in Mountain Point? How's it going here? And yeah. fishermen come in. We've and, all got friends who do it for a living. Yeah, and I see saners come in, and the saners are sitting down there twiddling their thumbs because, oh, wait, they haven't opened it up. They're not going to let them fish because we've, ha- we've learned to do it sustainably. But the thing is... You don't know. Ocean conditions, there's a warming planet, there's the big blob out there in the Pacific or the salmon going out there. Salmon truly are the canaries in the in the gold in the, the in the mine, mine, the coal mine. They are the indicators of the health of the ecosystem. And because they live this incredible life cycle, born here, go out almost all the way up to Japan, they come back. They're like health indicators, like they're like little thermometers, the health of the planet. And when you see them come back when they're back, I always wait for them to see. I want. I wait every year. My gallery is on a creek. I wait till I see the first salmon come back, and uh, I always mark that moment. And this year, I was a little freaked out because they. I didn't see them in like all of July. I was freaked out, and I get all emotional because I went looking for them. And I went down to the end of the dock. And I looked out there, uh, to, not at the end of the creek, but I went on the outside, and I went on the outside dock just to see, like, where the hell are the salmon? And then I heard this splash. And usually you see jumpers all over, but I heard this splash. And then it's like I looked over there, and I saw this big school of salmon out in the Tongass Narrows, not in the Ketchikan Creek. It's hard to spot them out in the salt water, but there they were. And then there was this big, huge white form that came through, and I realized it was a big king salmon. And there are all these sart, you know, there all these uh, herring, just kind of spreading all over the place. And then when I saw this big school of pink salmon come through, I felt okay, you know, like oh, they're here, they made it. And the next day, I saw them in the creek. So that was hope. Microphone drop, boom. <laughs> but I mean, that's, but that was true. I mean, so there you go. 
teared up on cue and everything. So, so good. Um, does anyone from our younger generation yeah, want to feel like tell we... us what gives you hope? Uh, I'm just going to keep it pretty simple. Uh, Salmon Fest. This whole, week, this whole weekend I've just been like, wow. We... But again, it's, it's kind of tough because like in my circle, all my friends were all on the same side. We're all fighting the fight and it's like, wait, Trump's our president? What? <laughs> um, and it's like when you come here, you're like, oh, Alaska's, we got this. Like the pebble mine's not going to happen. There's, there's no way. Uh, but the reality is that it is happening, but we need to have things like this. Just uh, uh, Jason Mraz kind of talked about this. Uh, it just gets us, it gets us fired up and it gets us confident to share the message. Where it's like I went to Salmon Fest and everyone was hyped on salmon and it's just uh, I feel like this is the Alaska I want to be in. Is this Alaska? Do you have anything to add on what gives you hope? Um, I've talked to a lot of young people about politics, state politics lately, and about uh, just where looks like the state is going, and everyone I've talked to has not been saying that they're going to leave because it looks it's looking dark. Everybody's saying I'm going to stay here and fight for the state that I've been living in and will continue living and I want to make my future here. And they're not scared to feeling that they have to move away because oh, because we're losing funding here and here and here and that they're going to stay and fight for uh, what we need. So that gives me hope. Just that people my age are willing to stay and not leave for, because it's looking dark. It's not worth leaving not yet. Awesome. Thank you all for an incredible interview. It was wonderful talking. Thank you. I really liked Ray Troll's story about looking to the river for hope because I know that all across Alaska, especially in our salmon systems that have been struggling lately, people are looking towards our rivers for hope right now and in hope of healthy returns. And it's been so comforting to see the folks on the Kuskokwim and the Yukon post their photos of them catching kings. And I don't know what the overall trends are like this year, but it's salmon to me are just a symbol of health and a symbol of wholeness in the way that we live in this landscape. I just thought the Ratfish Wranglers brought so many Alaskan values into that interview. And it it made us excited to showcase them for our final episode because they really, like you said at the beginning, they're so symbolic of what Salmon Fest is really striving to get to, which is bringing artists on stage who care about the salmon systems of Alaska. And that's been our inspiration for the whole series. The idea of bringing music and bands together and our Salmon Champion interviews with the goal of motivating and inspiring all of us here in Alaska to take more active roles in the care and maintenance of our favorite fish. We've highlighted so many different salmon champions along the way to really help you envision the, the huge diversity in roles and voices needed to be able to be an ally to our salmon landscape here in Alaska. From episode one, Protect What We Love, talking about young fishermen taking the reins in salmon management decision-making spaces. And since then, we've traveled all over the state, from Bristol Bay to southeast, up to the Yukon and the Kuskokwim Rivers, and back here to Cook Inlet, uh, we brought together uh, unique voices to tell unique stories about their connection to salmon. So we hope that you'll think about becoming an ally to the salmon communities wrestling with the challenges borne by climate change and large development projects. 
And we hope that you'll share what you've learned and stay curious about our favorite fish. And as Ray Troll reminds us, take a stand for salmon when we need to. We can all be salmon champions. That's exactly right. And most of all, get out there and get up close and personal with salmon and let salmon be the shared value that connects us all. Here's a tip of the hat to the Ratfish Wranglers. Thanks for all your work at SamaFest and thanks for the remarkable outreach around Alaska's fish and fisheries. Let's close out this segment with the Ratfish Wranglers' big hit, Shake That Halibut. You can hear that bass, can you? Can you feel that bass? That's better, it's better. There we go, we need that bass. Here we go, here we go.
Soaking wet, guaranteed to catch a thrill. I want your sweet cheeks on my grill. Wiggle it from side to side, jiggle it, let it slide. Come on, girls, now don't explain. Just grab your hips and join us. You know, Satchel, we couldn't have done this without so many people that have uh, uh, stood up and stood with us to make this first series possible. I'd like to recognize all of our salmon champions across the state who've given up their time to tell their stories. Uh, also, we've, we can't forget our friends at KBBI who have uh, guided us through this adventure and provided our equipment that we use every week. We want to recognize our salmon champions of this final finale episode, the Ratfish Wranglers, and Allie Rosenbluth for conducting that remarkable interview. We, of course, have to recognize Cook Inlet Keeper, who supports this program. We want to thank Brian Belay and Pastor Tim for recording the music we heard today. And we want to thank Salmon Fest for organizing the festival that brings us all together to celebrate our salmon love. And, of course, we want to thank our producer, Kira Hardy. So, remember, if you'd like to hear these episodes again, you can go find them wherever you find your podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you like what you hear. And thank you so much to you, our listeners. We've had so much fun creating this show for you this year, and we'd love to hear from you before we launch into our second season. Feel free to tell us what you think so we can make next season even better. Don't be afraid to pitch us a story. Tell us who your salmon champions are. You can always send us an email at salmonfestradio at inletkeeper.org or just contact Cook Inlet Keeper via their social media. That was a lot of fun. Let's do this again. But until then, spawn on, on Alaska. This With is the Ratfish, Ratfish Wranglers, Wranglers, and you're listening to Salmon Fest Radio. Radio.